tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey, yo. Why a hello and a howdy, we're so very glad to see you Cause we're getting kinda rowdy and we've got a lot to say And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away That's pretty exciting, right Omega? Indeed! Yeah, right? HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting You will deal with that Atlas harshly Thank you, broke it Look what you made me do! And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio Hell in a Cell Radio Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the annual, and I haven't called it this in a while, but we always did it, with Amber and Craig in tow. I say in tow. Craig, well, Amber's actually leading the the race. Craig is just following behind her, and they're pulling me along. The WrestleMania wrap up HIC Talk Radio. Follow us, follow us on all social media platforms. It's easy for you to say. I do phone calls and talk to people every day now, and you'd think I have a better command of the English language. It actually got worse. <laughs> so, good luck, Dan. Uh, welcome to HIC Talk Radio, the WrestleMania wrap up. Before we talk about this year's WrestleMania, we're going to start it off. We're going to do the old switcheroo again. Just whenever I feel like it, sometimes I like Craig taking over and starting first. We're going to take a look at the wrestling historian. So, Professor, the show is all yours. Thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure to uh, join you once again. I'm glad we can be joined since we were coming apart. But here we are. Uh, We're going to look back. Um, It is uh, our annual WrestleMania show. And this, of course, in the history of wrestling, it's been WrestleMania week. So we're going to look back at uh, some uh, great memories uh, and not so great memories uh, that took place in wrestling this week, back when uh, filling a stadium was not that big a deal. And it wasn't a yearly occurrence. It was something that happened almost monthly, uh, depending on the territory, back when there were territories, back before there was cable TV, the Internet, newsletters, dirt sheets, whatever you call them, back when wrestling was wrestling and not sports entertainment this is a wrestling historian and dan says you hit the word wrestlemania so much i was actually only going to do one thing for historian this this week because we have so much to talk about in the wrestlemania news oh good uh, that's fine with me okay because this occurred uh this mom- momentous occasion occurred 40 years ago today and it probably is and to me, it still is the most important date in sports entertainment history. I didn't, I, it's wrestling, but in sports entertainment history. On this day, 40 years ago today, in front of 8,900 people in the Mid-South Coliseum, Jerry Lawler took on the challenge of Hollywood's own Andy Kaufman. And in the match that resonates today because so a, a lot of people have picked these two, Lawler and Kaufman, as an example of what happened at the Oscars. And because for, for some reason, still people still believe it's a stunt. 
By the way, we can talk about that on this show. Yeah. Well, well, and I I hate to point out to folks um, the reason why the Oscars were not a stunt because you have two of the biggest celebrities in Hollywood, in all of Hollywood, um, taking part on a worldwide telecast and neither one of them needs the publicity or any any more attention than they already have. So there is absolutely nothing to gain from either one of the biggest celebrities in Hollywood putting on a stunt that can cost one of their, their one of them their careers. On the other hand, 40 years ago today, Andy Kaufman, after months of berating and belittling Jerry Lawler and the, the good people of Tennessee, finally got in the ring. And in Jerry Lawler's word, with a man uh, to get his comeuppance. Uh, and this took place in the Mid-South Coliseum. Uh, lots of buildup in the Tennessee area. Not so much nationally. Um, people had heard, because Andy Kaufman had been wrestling women at this time for uh, about a year. That was his shtick. Andy Kaufman was uh, not a stand-up comedian. He'll say he's, I've never told a joke in my life. Um, and he had been wrestling women because he went, he had always been a, a lifelong wrestling fan, adored Buddy Rogers, wanted to be a heel, in his words, playing bad guy wrestler. So he would wrestle women. And he took his shtick on the road uh, where he was performing and where he would go. And he wanted to take it to actual wrestling uh, places, like big-time wrestling events. He was at Madison Square Garden every month for the, the, the wrestling cards there. Um, people would see him. He befriended Fred Blassie, Vince McMahon uh, Sr. And he actually wanted to do um, to wrestle a woman at Madison Square Garden, his hometown. Vince Sr. said no. I don't want celebrities Shocker. in uh, wrestling. They don't mix. Uh, and then his friend Bill After, who took pictures of Andy at ringside of Mass Square Garden, said, why don't you try Jerry Lawler? Uh, Jerry was uh, agreeable to it. Had Jerry Lawler, interesting fun fact, uh, Dan, had Jerry Lawler turned him down, uh, according to Bob Zamuda, uh, Andy Kaufman's manager, Andy's next stop would have been Florida. Imagine him and Dusty Rhodes. Oh my God! Doing a uh, doing oh a program. Oh my! <laughs> I mean, as amazing as this was, my God! Can I imagine him and Dusty? No, 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 I can't, and I don't mean that in a negative. Like I literally cannot imagine how. Insane that would holy shit, prime dusty, yeah. Oh, hey, this is 19 man. That made me that made me hard, Craig. I tell you, <laughs> well, it didn't come to that. Uh, thankfully, Jerry Lawler said, Yeah, he agreed to it. Yes, so, thankfully, uh, I agree. <laughs> Andy Coffin wrestled a, a girl, a woman named Foxy. No, no relation, um, no relation to our Foxy, who will be our interview next week. Yes, because they're a big triumphant return. I have to talk about that. Um, 
And uh, he, she did pretty well against uh, Andy, and because Jerry Lawler gave her some pointers. Well, after the bout that Jerry Lawler, that uh, Andy Kaufman won over Fox, and he wouldn't let her up. So Jerry Lawler got in the ring and just picked Andy up off him and threw him. But of course, Andy sold it, and Jerry flung him, and Andy got up and said, "I'll sue you. I'll sue you, and I'll sue everyone who ever don't ever touch me. I'm from Hollywood. You don't touch me, baby. I'm from Hollywood." <laughs> These promos are so good, man. Uh, yeah. Again, your homework, HIAC uh, Talk Radio listeners and viewers, uh, the watch Andy Kaufman promos he didn't in Memphis leading up to... Uh, uh, you're from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh-huh. from Memphis, Tennessee. All you do is plow the field. It's the, it's the eyes and the lips. You don't have I can't even brains. do it. <laughs> you don't have any brains. I'm from Hollywood. I've got the brain. And yeah, you may have you may be bigger than me, but I've wrestled women that are bigger than me. And I mopped the floor with them. And that's what I'm gonna do to you, Jerry Lawler. April 5th, 1982. Memory is my memory correct? Well, my memory is my he did one of these spots on SNL, correct? He he wrestled he wrestled a, a woman, right? Alive on, on Saturday Night on Saturday Night Live. And his manager for that match was Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. I didn't. Re- I don't remember that. Okay. Buddy Rogers was on Saturday Night Live. Wow! Holy, sh- that is he, a piece of trivia I did not know. Yes, and that was the first time Buddy Rogers has been in New York since uh, he lost the uh, the WWF title to Vince to uh, Bruno Sammartino in 1963. Because uh, Buddy and the WWF had never, he had never worked there again. He had never wrestled in New York again. No one had ever even seen Buddy in New York again. So for Buddy Rogers to be on Saturday Night Live back in New York, that was a oh, huge Yeah, deal. look at that. Yeah. Man, dude, I just learned that. I've seen that footage every now and then, forgetting it was SNL. And I, it never occurred to me that that was Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. My God. That was he, he introduced them. Um, and the, the the funny part about that, Dan, was when Andy was, came out and he wanted to wrestle a woman and he was taking volunteers from the studio audience and they brought five women on stage and they asked by um, applause, who do you want to see Andy wrestle? And this one woman with dark hair, the place went nuts. They want to see Andy wrestle her. And they're like, yeah, so you want to see Andy wrestle her? Yeah. Okay. And they let all the other four women go and she got on the mat and Andy was going to wrestle her and the crowd was going crazy. And then Bob Zamuda was a referee said, wait, excuse me. Um, can I ask you something real quick? Um, are you pregnant? And the woman was eight months pregnant. Like she was out to hear. <laughs> real? Yeah. And she goes, yeah. Goes, oh, oh we can't God. wrestle. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they were like, let's go. Who do you want to see Andy wrestle? And they put all the, and then they put their hand over the woman who's, who's eight months pregnant. Like, Yeah. Like, okay, well, the audience picked you. All right, let's go. And got on the mat, and they were just about to wrestle. And Bobby go, wait, wait, wait. Um, can I do something again? Are you pregnant? And he go, uh, yeah. Out of here. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and but um, yeah, Buddy Rogers uh, introduced um, Andy Kaufman. So, uh, back to Memphis. Um, Jerry Lawler went on with Lance Russell and said, uh. The late great Mr. Russell said, you know, Lance, I never touched a guy. and said, Andy, so if you want to sue me, that's fine. We can do this. We can go to court. Or 
know, they will be tied up for months because you don't have a case or take my suggestion. You settle this in the ring and um, I'll do what, you know, we should have been done you a long time ago. Andy Kaufman, you're going to get hurt, son. And uh, the, the promo that ain't that Jerry Lola gave up before that was also great. Oh, sure. Uh, I'm going to you're you're going to get hurt and I'm yeah. going to hurt you. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> he said, um, Andy, he said, I don't like anyone thinking they can come in off the street and do what I do. This is how I make my living. This is a very serious sport to me. It's how I make my living. It's how I put f- food in my belly and clothes on my back and have you or anyone making fun of it. I'm going to make an example out of you. So Andy Kaufman, you're going to get hurt, son. That's it. There you go. Oh, yeah. man. Great A King promo. Again, and- personal feelings aside. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, young wrestlers, AEW, NXT, ROH. Look at Jerry Lola promos. Seriously. It's really, it's not that hard, and they're so easy to find. We're not talking about 90s on. No. Go back to the old Memphis tapes when he was feud, when he was the guy, and he was, and well, he's a tough guy because he was the guy. Yes, but you argue with that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Go watch yeah. those tapes. Watch those. Yeah. It's one thing if the guys that put themselves on top that were like going like you look at a chic or a bruiser that did it way past their prime. Jerry Lawler put himself on top, and even if he didn't, he would still be on top because yep. he was the best talker, worker, per- performer, whatever you want to call him. No one drew more more heat than him. No one had a bigger pop than him. No one nope. got sold more tickets than him. So. Yeah, he put himself on top for a reason. Because um, there, because that was the way, folks. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, like that. So Jerry Lawler goes into this match with Andy Kaufman, sold out. And um, I keep saying this every year, and I, I really should run down the entire card because, folks, that wasn't the main event that night. That was like the third match of, that, of the evening. Uh, it was a special attraction match. Uh, that Jerry Lawler um, had against Andy Kaufman. And uh, Kaufman came to the ring in a, in a robe and strut, had the Buddy Rogers strut and um, wouldn't tie up with Jerry Lawler. Ran, I kept running out of the ring and making fun of Jerry, calling him an ape and going, meep, 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 meep. and uh, after about five minutes of running out of the ring. Classic uh, heel shit, folks. Classic heel shit. And running out and then pointing to his head like, I got the brains. And then... Uh, Jerry Lawler got on the house mic. So let me ask you something. You come here to wrestle, act like an ass. Big pop from the crowd. That you must know one wrestling move. So I'm going to stand in that ring and I'm going to let you put a headlock on me, okay? And I'm not going to do anything. So he stood in the ring and Andy and Jerry Lawler put his hands behind his back and he bent down and uh, he let Andy Kaufman put a headlock on him. And um, while he was and Andy was mugging for the crowd, like, yeah, I got him, I got him, I got him. And it, and Jerry Lawler put one finger up and just said, just wait one second, and just wait one second. And you can see Andy Kaufman reaching down. He's telling Jerry something. They are talking. I don't know what was said. But right after that, Jerry Lawler picked him up and gave him a devastating belly-to-back suplex. And Andy didn't tuck his chin in, so his head, his Chin struck his chest right away, and it looked bad. Um, place went nuts, and that's when Jerry 
Lawler pointed up, gave the signal, and gave Andy Kaufman a power driver, which in Memphis was a disqualification because that's how devastating the power driver was. Kids, you might remember last week during our HIAC talk radio, I said to make it mean something. See, in Memphis, Tennessee, the pile driver was banned. It was illegal. So if you gave the pile driver on somebody, you'd be instantly disqualified because when someone was pile drived, they were stretchered out. They didn't get back up. They would pull that guy out. He would be stretchered out. And the next week he'd come on TV with a neck brace, swearing revenge on the guy that did that to him. You could have killed me. And then the next month, that same arena would be sold out because they wanted to see that guy get the revenge for the pile driver that almost killed him because the pile driver meant something. It meant it make it mean something. So when Jerry Lawler gave Andy Kaufman, who wasn't a wrestler, a pile driver, and Andy Kaufman didn't move, Jerry Lawler was disqualified. So he lost the match. Andy Kaufman was already was the winner. But Lawler was That's what people don't remember. Andy technically won that match. Kaufman won the match. Andy Kaufman defeated yep. Jerry Lawler. Yep. But not to be outdone, Jerry Lawler picked Andy Kaufman up again and gave him a second pile driver. And Andy did not move. And stood and laid there and laid there and laid there. No, and, oh, he did. <laughs> and Jerry was uh, still in the ring because the match was over. And he wanted that they had more cards to do, but Andy wasn't moving. Jerry Calhoun, the referee, reached down to Andy and said, Andy, you okay? And Andy said back, of course I'm okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm milking. I'm, I'm what the. I'm selling it, man. He goes, uh, okay, well, you got to get, we have matches. You got to get up. This, uh, no, I, I, I want an ambulance. They can't, the crowd can't see me leaving under my own power. I want an ambulance. Jerry Calhoun goes back to Jerry Lawler and says, uh, he wants an ambulance, Jerry. Jerry Lawler goes, that's, he's not getting an ambulance. That's cost $500 and it will take 20 minutes to get here anyway. And again, did I mention it's going to cost $500? Tell him there's no, no ambulance. Jerry Calhoun goes back to Andy Kaufman shaking his head and he goes back to Jerry and he says, he'll pay for it. <laughs> well, we said, get him an ambulance. Get him an ambulance. So again, 20 minute wait. Um, so ambulance comes in the Mid-South Coliseum. And stretcher comes in, neck brace put on Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman is stretchered out of the arena, taken into an ambulance, and taken to Memphis Hospital. And he wore that neck brace for a long time. <laughs> he sold like when people talk about selling, and and the other one I can think of is when the Sandman was blinded. Yeah, and he wouldn't come out of his house for months. Yeah, until he returned to wrestling to reveal that it was bull crap, and he. Finally yeah. hit. He stayed in his house and would not leave for months. Wrestlers, when they would get injured, would hide so they wouldn't be found out that it was BS and he wasn't really injured. This guy wore a neck brace everywhere, which leads to the eventual confrontation, which I think Craig was going to mention next on the Letterman show, the original David Letterman show. 
in August of 82. So this match happened in April and it was August and he was still wearing it. And Andy Kaufman wore it on every, on every personal appearance he made, on every talk show he did, everywhere. He had the neck brace on. He didn't do taxi uh, with it, right? No. Okay. No. I would have been laughing if Latka had the... This was during the summer. They had finished taping. Okay, they finished taping. Okay. So, you know, he wasn't... that Because that would have cost him money. Yeah, he, lots. Yeah. Had he uh, not... Um, gone to work because he had to sell the injury um no and to piggyback on what you said previous about sandman when junkyard dog was blinded by the Freebirds, right i forgot yeah his his daughter he stayed up in his house like the sandman did after him and nobody saw him people sent money to junkyard dog and <laughs> money and- pretended he was injured man and sent him almost five hundred dollars to him because they thought he was blind. And the way Junkyard Dog now the Junkyard Dog promos were not like the Junkyard Dog promos he did in the WWF, where he was just a barking, you know, nonsensical human being. He had impassioned promos back then, and he talked about he not being able to see his baby girl who was just born, which is true, um, and how he. Uh, that will never leave him. The fact that he couldn't see his baby girl uh, born, and um, if he'll let, hold her, and he'll he'll never know what it what she she looks like because of what the Freebirds did to him. Uh, so yeah, he and fans sent him money because they thought he was blind. So yes, it's called selling again. Make it mean something. He didn't come back the next week and said, ah, "I'm going to get you guys." No, he's. Yeah. Um, so uh, that August match, 82. <laughs> August of 82, he went on the David Letterman show. Yes, so, we won't talk about that today. We will talk about that when it actually happens, uh, yes. when date of the actual Letterman show. So, uh, but April uh, those 6th, pile drivers, man, uh, like yeah. we're talking about that back, that belly to back or the back body drop and the, um, and the pile drivers, I mean, it adds to it the old looking footage of this where it's just grainy and cloudy and smoky because you were allowed to just walk in and smoke, chain smoke in these arenas still. Mm-hmm. And it just adds to the grittiness, no pun intended, gritty, of what this looked like. And it looks like Jerry kills this man, this little string bean actor of a man. Uh, which I'm assuming will come in discussion uh, in a little bit here for our WrestleMania discussion. Yeah, a guy who was not an actor who was on a top-rated show. Taxi was a top-ten show. Uh, yeah. And even uh, Andy Kaufman wasn't the star. He was a part of the cast of uh, a top-ten show on ABC uh, that was averaging about 25, 26 million viewers a week. Um. And oh, that was Nick, top 10, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That once you, now you maybe get one show yeah. a year at 25 million viewers. <laughs> every single week, Taxi was. I was watching it. I was looking up the ratings to one of my favorite shows, Person of Interest, because I was going to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking up the rating. It was, it was, that's one of my favorite TV shows. It's really solid. There's very mm-hmm. rarely episodes where I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Very good. 
But I was looking at the ratings and I'm like, how did this stay on for five seasons? And then you look at other TV ratings, you're like, oh, that's just it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I I um talk about the um the the heyday of um uh of the happy days in Laverne and Shirley and, and Three's company and how the ratings were back then because there were yeah, there were only three networks and everyone had a TV, but everyone was looking at those shows. So when you have a show like Happy Days that, no, it was, it was what's happening. We were talking about what's happening. Um, Cause I, I did the, the meme of the, uh, the Doobie Brothers episode. Um, the one that everyone remembers and everyone loves what's happening. I said, that was a great thing. It was a great show. I said, yeah, but what's happening was never a ratings favorite. And it was never a critical favorite. It only averaged 15 million viewers a week which now would be like Big Bang Theory numbers, but it's like, yeah, wasn't that good? Said, now when you're on the same network at the same time as the Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley that was averaging 35 million viewers a week, um, every week, so 15 million viewers a week ain't gonna, didn't cut it. I, and, and what's happening was never a ratings hit. It was never a critical favorite. So it's like, I thought everyone loved the show. Yeah, everyone did. Everyone who watched it did. But, you know, for on the same, you're on the same network as a show that averages 35 million viewers a week and you're only getting 15 million. Problem. <laughs> yeah. Problem. Uh, but uh, yeah, so 40 years ago today, I'm saying uh, what occurred in Memphis, Tennessee, in Memphis, Tennessee, the whole on April 5th. 40 years ago is the most important date in sports entertainment because not only did it make Jerry Lawler for a time the most popular wrestler in the country, um, not only was wrestling in Memphis seen on national local affiliates all over the place, well, here's something happened. TV star Andy Kaufman got in the ring with a professional wrestler and look what happened nationwide. And other than the Oscars, it didn't make Jerry Lawler the most popular person, and it wasn't national news. Um, it wasn't didn't, didn't throw anyone off the off the front page, but it got the type of national exposure that professional wrestling did not get in 1982, at least not until that point. That same year, Rocky Three came out, and Hulk Hogan uh, got that kind of exposure, and. Later, he got to be on Johnny Carson, whereas Jerry Lawley got to be on David Letterman. Hulk Hogan actually got to be on Johnny Carson that same year. But uh, at that time, having a celebrity be a part of professional wrestling uh, was huge. And we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame later, and hopefully we'll talk about Hall of Fame snubs. Uh, if they're going to do a celebrity wing, it should always include Andy Kaufman because despite what you know about Cindy Lauper and her connection to wrestling, Andy Kaufman loved wrestling. Absolutely. He always dreamed of wrestling. He always dreamed of wrestling. And one of the excerpts, I'll leave you with this, um, how much Andy Kaufman loved wrestling. Jerry Lawler wrote in his book, After Andy Passed Away, um, his uh, wife was going through his personal belongings in his estate. He found every check that Jerry Lawler wrote him for his time wrestling. 
He never cashed any of them. Never cashed a dime. Nope. Just wanted to be a wrestler. That's all he wanted. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. So, let's fast forward to 40 years. Yeah. And let's talk about celebrities in wrestling. <laughs> Just to get this out of the way. Quote, unquote, celebrities. But, but, well, listen, I like Johnny, but we're, we're going to talk about this. Um, WrestleMania, the two-night event that it is now, and, thank, and, I'm, and I don't mean this as a sarcastic, well, thank God it's two nights. I'm glad it's two nights because and we're <laughs> going to talk about why. Uh, I really thought night one, I thought after night one, and we'll talk about what happened and why I thought this. I was like, there's no way they're topping. There's no, there's no way. Not only are they not topping, there's no way I'm going to wait and watch all of night two after night one. Uh, spoiler alert. I did. I thought it was wow. two good events. I, I thought it was two good events. Yeah. I know we're at different speeds, but I, yeah, I stayed up. I was like, all right, you know what? Uh, we'll talk about the main event, too. We're not going to talk about every single match. We just talk about what pops in our head here and the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> first things first, like I said, 40 years later, rest, celebrities wrestling. Um, we're talking about the one I care about because I don't give a royal fucking fuck about any of the Pauls. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, don't care. I don't care how good it came off. I don't like Logan Paul. I don't trust Logan Paul. Uh, go fuck yourself. So we're not <laughs> even talking about that one. Even though the Miz carried that whole the whole 20 minutes that here I'll say that yeah. and and Sox is watching and Sox and I were te texting back and forth and he said this to me and I'm glad he said it because I've been saying it on the show for years for years even before Craig you came on the show the Miz if not is the best or will be one of the best is the best heel in that company but in wrestling he'll be one of the best seals that ever i know people are like he's just an actor and, he, and you know there's still people that don't give him his dues bullshit earned it dues yeah. are paid um he carried that that even made me watch it because as soon as i saw paul and i'm turning this off and i'm like yeah but the miz is here <laughs> and just to make me happy he ended up um hitting the, his finisher is uh, the name of it is uh called crushing finale Go question, Manali. Thank you. It was I was blanking on even saying the word blanking. He hit, hit that on Tim at the end, so I was like, oh, okay. Um, but the one I did want to talk about, mm -hmm. Johnny Knoxville. Oh, the big sigh. I knew that. Yeah, I know. Johnny Knoxville wrestling Sami Zayn, and I will say this: the jackass like going back and forth was nice TV, and I know. And I know Craig is going to lose some respect for me. I thought it was okay. I, it was fun. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying, man, this is like watching an Attitude Era hardcore match. And I think for good or for bad, <laughs> depending on what side of the coin you're on, that's uh, a good explanation of what we just saw. Um, now, that's my thoughts on this. And Craig, before I give you your get your thoughts, I'm gonna kind of stir the pot a little bit. Socks in the chat said, and then you can tell me how you feel about this. Be prepared, socks. <laughs> socks, socks said, I'm not making this up. He said this. The Wee Man Suplex was just as iconic, if not more, than when Hulk body slammed Andre at WrestleMania. You mean the Wee Man body slam? Yes, the body slam, yes. 
Okay. Go ahead, Craig. Your thoughts on that? I still trying to to digest that the fact that we had say we man and wrestling or body slam in the same sentence. Um, um, I liked it, but and I hate Hulk Hogan. We all know how we all yeah, feel about how you feel about Hulk Hogan. And, and you too. Like we both, we both, you for a more personal reason, uh, me because of how it made you feel as a person that you are. Fuck Hulk Hogan, but I re- I understand his place in wrestling. However, yeah. no, <laughs> that doesn't compare. And yeah, and we both railed against Hulk Hogan in this very podcast. And I've also complimented Hogan when when we're credits doing that. Now Hogan's still going is on my Mount Rushmore. Of wrestlers that changed the game, um, but um, I can respect for Hogan for what he did, and not so much for who he is. Yeah. I have zero respect for anyone connected to Jackass for oh, what they do or what they claim to do. They, um, they're not actors. I love um, that show, by the way. I don't consider them actors. First of all, in mm-hmm. my defense, I don't consider them act- actors. It's a great stunt show. That's as far as it goes for me. That's where my fandom. They're goofballs. They're well, band's kind of a jerk off, but they're st- it's a stunt show. That's it. I, I I I get it. I know exactly what it is. I know exactly why they're famous yeah. for for being the name of the show is it relieves it removes all doubt as to who they are and what we're looking at. <laughs> Good point. Okay. Yeah. Which is which is why and we and. Professional wrestling is such a loose term now um, that it needs all the help it can get as far as credibility and as far as like, I, oh, what well, I'm sure to say, that we're ne- we're never going to get credibility back ever, N- not at this the way wrestling is going now, and it certainly was is not going to help when you have a match like this on your biggest stage. I don't know how much more of a buy rate they think they were, they were going to get by adding the, the entire jackass crew. I mean, John and Knoxville alone isn't going to make anyone shell out any extra money if this was on pay-per-view to see it, just to see a John and Knoxville. Who, by the way, he's five years younger than me, and he looks like the bad grandpa character in real life without any makeup. Where did he get all that fucking gray? My God. He's 51. Listen, bro, listen, I understand what you're saying, but talking about the show Jackass, dude is under a lot of stress and abuse. That's probably why he's so goddamn gray all of a sudden. God damn. I'm like, how? Like, I looked, I had to go look at, I had to fucking Google Johnny Knoxville. Because that he's not that old. I didn't think he was. I thought we were the same man. He's five years younger than me. When I saw him with the gray hair for the first time before the movie came out, the first thing, bringing it back to wrestling, is when Ric Flair beat Bischoff with the roll of coins on mm-hmm. Nitro, and they're shaving him, and Zabisco says a line that does not get enough credit while he's getting shaved because he dyed his hair, and I'm not making fun of Bischoff. This is not a joke about Bischoff. Uh, he went prematurely gray. He was gray in his early 20s, probably even younger. So he dyed his hair for years. So when they shaved it on TV, when you buzzed it, you saw down to the roots, it was bright white. And 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 Zabisco goes, 
Eric Bischoff is aging before my very eyes. And that's the very, that's the very first quote that popped up. Now me being the bastion of amazing shape and, and non grayness and no balding at all man that I am. Um, I feel I can say this. Yes. Wow. What happened? But then again, I look at the abuse that he's taken in the name of entertainment. I can understand the gray hair, the rogue gray hair. She got the gray hair from the stress of the movie. That's why. (laughs) You didn't like this match, huh, Craig? Uh, I I thought I thought I thought about you the entire time. This very pose of you sitting there going, fucking Christ. Yeah. It I was, love you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I love you too, Dan. Um, because I, and I well, watched it because I knew we were talking about this, or I'd have to talk about this with somebody. Um, yeah. It was this was a complete embarrassment to professional yeah. wrestling. Um, to anyone who thinks this is what professional wrestling is, this is what? exactly why Jerry Lawler wanted to hurt Andy Kaufman because people think they can just walk in off the street and do it themselves, and well, they proved it. What was more embarrassing, that or the the aforementioned Logan Paul match? Logan Paul is at least an athlete, and I use that term very loosely. Yeah, but here's the guy that that, uh, that obviously loved wrestling. His Eddie Guerrero tributes and the stuff that he did looked good. Okay, not, I'm not backtracking because fuck that guy. I hate I Logan agree, Paul. I agree. I agree. But but. I got a little more respect for him as a performer when he stood on that top rope and did the Eddie shake. I was like, yeah. that's a okay. Heel. Yes. Okay, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> Terrible frog splash, but at least he did a, he attempted a frog splash. Yeah. Uh, but, but him, uh, again, Logan Paul is an athlete, quote unquote. Uh, at least he's in shape and he does love wrestling. You can tell. Um, and he tried hard, uh, but he, him, Bad Bunny, the, the Jackass crew, it just, it, oh man, I can't say it makes us look bad, us being wrestling fan makes us look bad. It just, no, because I haven't given a shit in years. <laughs> um, it, it no, the, the whole thing was an embarrassment, everything, it, it was turning that Man, entire- once wrestling fans started giving a pass to abusers. I was like, I really now I actually don't care what people think about me and to 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 draw it back to the Kaufman King thing. And we'll go more in depth in this again in August when we talk about the slap. Um, two years ago, I finally reached my dad. I will tell the story every time just in case a new ear hears it. I read because I was watching wrestling. I visited him last year and he goes, how are you still watching that? And we got into a discussion on what it means to me and how it's perceived now. And, and to tie it all up because he was like, yeah, I just don't get it. And I said, remember when Andy Kaufman wrestled that guy and he got his neck broken? He goes, yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. I said, that wasn't real, dad. And he just went. Oh, I said. That's good TV, sir. Yes. <laughs> and he finally, in the 38 years I've been alive, he was like, and in the 32 years I've been watching, he's like, ah, I understand. So 
that mixed with the you know the other stuff on the other the bad end of wrestling i, I couldn't give a shit what people said but i do understand what you mean um talk about old stone cold since we're talking about not the main matches yet even though this was the last thing that ended that day and we got a bonus stunner the next day uh, with uh vinnie mac and stone cold stone Worst cold ever twice <laughs> he did it twice he vince took the stunner and he flopped like a fish and th- um, damn near 20 uh, 30 years later it was still bad in 30 years. He still hasn't learned, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> HNP. <laughs> um, but I honestly, I really didn't expect this. I, I thought it was going to be the simple come out and chat, talk trash, stunner, beer, gone, close the night out. Easy. 20 minutes later and two stunners and a bunch of beer. He didn't wrestle a match, but for the first time since 2003, didn't start off great. And I'm not judging him because his knees haven't been right since 96, 97. Stone Cold had a no holds bar match with Kevin Owens, which is one of two guys I would probably feel comfortable with my spine being if my spine was in the condition of Steve's and to trust to not kill me. Also, Kevin Owens was a huge fan. I saw somebody say, what does this do for Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens was a huge Austin fan, and he marked something off the checklist on in a segment that didn't mean shit. Um, what did you think about the whole thing? Because I know it was like, well, it doesn't do anything for Kevin. There's a spot open for somebody else. But I'm going to be honest, Craig. Halfway through, when Austin took the suplex on the outside and he got up, I was like, well, didn't get right up, but he didn't kill him. I was like, this is pretty fun. It was pretty crazy, and I'm watching this in 2022. You have to give the, all the credit to Steve Austin because obviously he had to be talked into this. Yes. He was coming back for, for nothing. And for him to pick Owens to work with, and I think I said this on HIZ Talk Radio uh, in a previous episode, um, Owens is the one guy that you know, that he can have a Dick the Bruiser. This is the type of match I expect to have a Dick the Bruiser type match. And when I say that, I mean I mentioned earlier in the historian about guys that booked themselves to put themselves over guys like the Sheik and Dick the Bruiser when they were way past the primes in their late forties and fifties, and they booked themselves against younger talent, and the younger talent would just sell everything and just bump like crazy. And Bruiser and Sheik were just so immobile, they couldn't do anything. So they just picked somebody that could do every that could sell for them. And like I said, bump like crazy. Um, Austin obviously is far from immobile, but to pick a guy that would do all that, can sell, and to make it look good, it would be it would be Owens. Um, and so the fact that Austin wanted to work with this guy, that a he had to be talked back into coming back. Um, for anything, not just to WrestleMania, but anything wrestling related. Um, but to him to go to to want to work with Owens, that's a huge plus or not to Owens. So what does that do for Owens? The match does obviously doesn't do anything. Win loss column, and Owens will come back on Monday or whenever, and he'll still be a top guy or or mid level guy, mid top guy. Exactly. So that's not going to hurt him at all. Exactly. But um, Austin picked him for a reason, and for the and for 
you saw the reason right before your eyes over this weekend. What shocked everyone, me, you, and Clint, and from Twitter, the rest of the country, of how good Austin looks or how much how much he could take. I thought, okay, well, he's not going to take a suplex on the floor. He's going to block it, uh, and he's going to suplex him. I think, but Austin, he took it on the floor. Yeah, he took a he took a stunner. I can't believe he took the suplex. The suplex, the two things that stuck out to me was the suplex and the uh getting thrown headfirst into the the video turnbuckle. Because mm-hmm. and of course it looked nasty because it was two professional and two guys I two guys the caliber that they were or used to be or are. Of course right. it looked nasty, but that's the one that made me nervous. That and the suplex. And then they traded suplexes, and then you know Austin re- returned favor on stage. I just listen; it wasn't earth shattering, but it was good enough to where I was like, I can't believe that this is happening in twenty twenty two. The cliche: I can't believe I'm seeing this. Do you have this on your bingo card? Nope. Nope. <laughs> it was it was great? It was great for what it was. Well, and the fact that they didn't advertise it, they just advertised it as a KO show because up until then, I didn't think, oh, we're, well, we're definitely not going to get a match. He's going to come after the KO show. They're going to get in some kind of brouhaha. And then yeah, I was going to say, there's no program. way he's going to have a match. And there it was. Yeah. Now, they, now, had we known, though, um, or and if, if Austin had made an appearance before, to set something up with Owens, if we knew there'd be a match, that probably would have got you more eyes. But the fact that it was only labeled as a KO show that turned into a match, I know at least two people that skipped it um, because they didn't know that it was going to that it had turned into a match. And twenty minutes later, they come and say, "I didn't know they were wrestling." Like, yeah. And the next day, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kelly, Kelly did the same thing. You know, Austin was one of her favorites. And, you know, Kevin Owens was coming out and she was getting tired. And she's like, it, it, and she asked me like I do. And I answered it like I knew. Was well, he going to wrestle or just going to talk? And, I'm, and I said, I, I assume they're just going to talk. So I'll watch it in the morning. I don't want to watch it. First thing she did when I woke up, I was like, come here. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> you got to see this. <laughs> and of course, and I didn't tell her what happened. I was like, just sit down, watch this. A match happens, and that suplex happens. She's like, Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like, He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> I thought it was cool. He brought his brother in the ring, too. That was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, if, if they had advertised this as a match, they could have gotten some more viewers out of this, but they botched this thing from the start. I mean, not, um, the, show whole, kinda. the whole premise, like, all right, we got. Steve Austin has agreed to come back to WrestleMania, do something with Kevin Owens. Um, how do we set this up plausible? Kevin, just start berating Texas for no reason, just out of nowhere. Just start talking about how much you hate Texas. The thing we were saying, because everybody's people outside of Texas were like, yeah, no, he's right. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if anything, it's going to make you a face. So yeah, I, <laughs> no, <laughs> Kevin, for you, Austin. Why? Because you're from Texas. Fuck you. <laughs> Other Wait, things. what? <laughs> You're already using the stunner, so just keep using that and just say, hey, I did this better than Stone Cold ever did. But if something as flimsy as that could be your starting point. Or, or uh, 
Kevin doing other stone cold things like throwing beer in people's faces or spitting beer or just doing, you know, or involving somebody uh, or one of Austin's friends or someone that has a connection with Austin doing that, but just to start randomly hating Texas. That's, that's the stupidest build up to a feud I've ever seen in my life. You're, you're bringing back the biggest money-making star in the history of the WWE. That's more than Rock, more than Hogan. Steve Austin has sold more and continues to sell more merchandise than any WWF wrestler ever has, and at this rate, ever will. So to bring him back, you're going to start on his home state. That's a, oh my God. Anyway. Um, we'll, we'll pass that. It was quite enjoyable. Yeah. It was very enjoyable, obviously, with the people involved. And I knew exactly it was going to – Kevin Owens did exactly what I knew Kevin Owens would do if he got a chance to wrestle with Steve Austin. That's bump his ass off, sell like crazy, and make him and Austin look like a million bucks. Look great. Kudos to both. Um, I'll tell you what else looked great. What? Bianca Belair. <laughs> Bianca Belair. I thought, and I'm gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see your thoughts because contrary to popular belief, I don't get involved in wrestling Twitter a lot until I see someone that needs to be trolled. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, you know, as as I said, we're we're hitting our 10th anniversary soon. Been there, done that. I just I make tweets that I think are clever or interesting or just factual and move on. I mute it, I move on. Uh, there are people out there that don't like Bianca Belair as a wrestler. And I, that's when I look at things and I question, I'm like, am I an idiot? Does she suck? No, the answer is no. No, I will say this. I thought that that might've been close to match of the weekend. If not one of, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. And it ended the way it should have. Well, that's just your opinion. No, and then the way it should have after that 26 second thing or however quick it was, this was the way it needed to end. And it didn't hurt Becky at all. Becky's still going to be the badass woman that she is the man. I'll call her the man because I really don't care if Ric Flair's mad about that. Uh, (laughs) He can reply to me in all capped starting tweets. Um, Recapitalizes every word he tweets because he's Ric fucking Flair. Um, Nothing hurts her. She looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Bianca looked amazing. The match looked amazing. And I hope she holds this for a while. I can't wait to see what she'll do leading in the SummerSlam. I thought that match was fantastic, Craig. Uh, yeah, I, a lot of people picked it as their match of the weekend, uh, possibly match of the year. Uh, but what I thought, they were a little sloppy. I mean, Bianca was a little. Um, uh, I can appreciate Bianca for her athleticism and. Uh, her deceptive strength, very strong woman, and yes. uh, what she can do. But uh, but she was a we saw her. If you've seen her uh, behind the scenes package, she was a all state athlete, high jump track and field. So you know she's always in the right spot. She's never going to get tired, and she's knows what she's doing. She works safe. So um, I've never I haven't been all in on Bianca. I appreciate her for what she does. And for the reception she gets, um, I, I just, 
the only problems I had with her was when leading up to the Becky feud when she was humiliated or when with the I guess with the Charlotte she got something thrown in her face and she still came down to the ring twirling her hair and a big smile on her face not like I'm pissed at you like you didn't it didn't mean anything yeah you gotta you don't when you're you when you come that she just humiliated you last time you saw her and now she's in the ring cutting a promo on how you she humiliated you and you come down to the ring throwing you like no gotcha i'm not i'm not playing you so but that's again that's that's picking at nits um did a great job i don't know how much uh length i'll give her with the belt again becky's like charlotte she's over so big she doesn't need the belt to be um a top female uh in the uh in the, the WWE and like I said nothing against Bianca I think she's great um I just think that spot should go or should go at some point to Rhea Rhea Ripley oh god I, yes I don't know why they're in, intent on making her a tag team champion or putting her with partner after partner. I thought after the whole Nikki ASS thing went away that she was finally going to either turn her heel or just make her a single or both. She's got to be in the top spot. You you can't re- keep recycling. I mean, they're they're, they're changing it up with with uh, with with uh, Bianca, but. Your four used to be the four horsewomen. It used to be Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and Bailey. Now that Sasha and Bailey aren't, you know, in the top spot anymore, uh, you can replace Charlotte and Becky with um, Bianca and Rhea. Um, I don't know what they're what they're waiting for. But that being said, Bia- uh, Bianca and Becky's match was the best. Maybe the best of the of the weekend, and and the big story tonight on Action News. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I guess it was expected, but I, it was one of those. It was kind of like when Sting, when everybody was like, "Yes, yeah, Sting's coming to Survivor Series." I'm like, "No, man, he's not." There's no, he's not. Sting is not coming to the WWE. It's not happening. Oh, it is. It's oh God, it's Sting. And then everything telescoped, and I forgot where I was, and I had to rewatch it again because I was my eyes were wide open, but I was not watching because I'd mm-hmm. gone on. I Dan has gone bye bye, Econ. What have you got left? Um, I really didn't think this was going to happen. Cody Rhodes <laughs> has returned to the WWE, and he was Seth Rollins' mystery opponent at WrestleMania. I still cannot quite fathom, and I actually have to go back and watch his uh, speech on Raw. I didn't watch yet. Mm-hmm. I still cannot fathom. After six years, starting a company, I, I just I can't believe after all that, here we are again. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. One of the quotes I read, Craig, before you go, is he goes, "I think he said." I never started. Nobody goes in this business wanting to be an executive, but everybody wants to be world champion. I was like, all right, I understand. That's yeah. all you had to say, man. I, I get it. Yeah. They, and, and speaking of going all in music, artwork, everything, yeah. American nightmares in WWE again, my friend. Mm-hmm. It, uh, 
I don't know. And he brokered the deal. Obviously, kept his music, kept his logo, kept his kept his entrance. Which is good because it's his tattoo. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, kudos to him, seriously, for uh but I I didn't expect that either. Um I I was hoping for Bray Wyatt, hoping against hope. Um that would have been a great return for him. But um this was a great return for for Cody after after a six year absence. And again, just like with Kevin Owens, uh Seth Rollins isn't losing anything um by taking a loss. Uh, to Cody, and I think that would be the perfect opponent for him because it wouldn't have hurt Seth Rollins at all uh, to take that loss and to work with someone that's good and that would make it for a very entertaining match, which is what it was uh, and for both men. And uh, Cody obviously hasn't lost a step because it's not like he's been sitting on the shelf for a year. Um, he's he He looks great. And uh, I'll echo what uh, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley of all people made a good statement. This might be the only time we we'll, might get a chance to see a Rhodes as WWE champion. Um, because like you yeah, said, I never he, even thought of it that way. You don't come back to be a, a, an exact, you come back to be world champion. And uh, a Rhodes has never held a WWE title. So um, not saying you'll get it. But this is we if, better if he's going to, it's going to be now. Um, because the last he's definitely not the 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 Cody. If they and he obviously he did something, he, he brokered something. Because I thought after when when Dusty passed and Cody was there, they would do something with a push because obviously they've always liked him and he was he's always been pushed. Um, he was never used uh, underneath. He was, but they gave him stupid gimmick after stupid gimmick, and the stardust, and the uh, and he was dashing, and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting the uh, world title picture going forward. Now that we have only one champion, but um. Yeah, we doing the one belt thing, and if we are, can we get rid of that stupid looking thing? I don't never like the current belts, and I still don't. No, I don't either. I and yeah, I I never have. Um, but what will what would the one belt look like? Go back to the, the you know what title didn't last long enough. The original uni, uni, unified belt, the one that Eddie held. Yeah, great looking belt. Go back to that, mm-hmm. please. Um. I did want to bring up a quote from the Young Bucks just so we could make fun of him for a second. Um, they changed their young, the Young Bucks changed their bio to the story of a couple of self-made SoCal kids who came from nothing and built a gigantic movement but it's never going to be romantic enough for you. Mm. And my friend Darren, fourth line voice, replied legends in their own mind. Yeah, And I used to defend them. I used to defend them because I was like, I there's nothing wrong with the Young Bucks. I I think they're as good as they say they are, but you know, they're obviously a good tag team. And now I'm on the other side. I was like, oh, just shut up. Like, and I don't, nobody watches for you. Yeah. Nobody watches that show for you. Uh, what else did you want? Oh, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, I never had any use for the young bucks. I always heard about how great they were. Then I saw, then I saw them wrestle in AEW for the first time. It's like, Oh, okay. This is why I've been so enamored with them. Um, and I still, and I, I, I don't get it. Um, but 
that's neither here nor there. The rest of the weekend, uh, WrestleMania-wise, uh, it looked great. I know they were looking for 100,000 people both nights, which is going to be a tough sell, but 70,000 for uh, both nights, nothing to sneeze at. No, it was like something like 74 and then or 76 or something like that. And I saw people making fun of that number, and I'm like, that's still more than two of your, your three of your pay-per-views. Like, like yeah. stop everything. Stop being an argument. Why can't I watch both and I have people bitch about it? Shut up. <laughs> and I still don't watch a whole complete show of any show because I just can't. Like, yeah. Um, any other matches you want to talk about specifically? Or you want to move on to the Hall of Fame? Uh, no, the um, I think the uh, the Roman Brock match ended early because of um, Roman's legitimate shoulder injury, so that's real, yeah, yeah, I right. would see it, you know, because I think he used the ropes to uh, to put it, it might have either been di- uh, displaced or I won't want to say dislocated. Um, yeah, but, you uh, see him kind of push it back yeah. in, like, oh, <laughs> and I don't know if it happened on one of those suplexes, which is the same thing that injured Bobby Lashley's shoulder. Uh, folks, he wasn't the they the angle was he got a concussion in the elimination chamber. Fact is, he couldn't wrestle because the, he shoulder needed surgery from the the suplexes he took from from Brock from Brock Lesnar. Um, and turn that down, Brad. Yeah, so I don't know, if, but I'm but I, but in this case, I don't know if it was the the suplexes that uh, injured Roman's shoulder or if it was being in the Kimura for so long. And if Derek were here, I you, you see Derek's comment about the. I did, I did. He 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 did. It's funny to watch people be put in that hold and not uh not yeah the core not and not snap their arm within two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. Get you. Yeah. Well, he was in it for a while, so that that also might have done it to uh Roman's uh arm. Uh, but it went as good as it could. I just it ended early, I think, because uh Roman was uh injured. And I don't know why this was uh, ever in doubt. Um, you know, if you know anything about Brock Lesnar, um, he's not going to be the guy that's going to come every week or make, even though he's doing it to leading up to WrestleMania, but he's not going to be on both shows every week going forward. So <laughs> it's Roman. And honestly, Roman Reigns is, is the biggest star in professional wrestling right now. And you have yeah, to run right. for as long as possible. Um, with Heyman and with the um, the Usos, they're the yeah, they're the franchise. Um, there, no, there's nothing else uh, that happened this week, wrestling wise. Here, I'll translate. Uh, I'll translate. I'll, I'll transition into the <laughs> next discussion yeah, to end the show, please. I thought mm-hmm. that I was finally going to get through two nights of WrestleMania or WrestleMania in general. Without a goddamn Undertaker entrance. <sighs> Son of a bitch. They did it twice. God damn it. With all due respect. Let's fucking go. Yeah. One cheer. Get them. The <laughs> second. I wasn't mad until night two. Yeah. I was fine, and then they did it the second night, and they didn't even have the Stein Brothers or Charmel or anybody else there. I was like, "You son of a bitch, get get out of here." Um, that being said, mm-hmm. not a bad speech for the Hall of Fame. No, and I, I have to be honest. I'm going to come clean here. I I didn't see it. Um, 
I oh, good, neither did I. Good night, everyone. <laughs> I, I saw his speech. I didn't watch the rest of it. Yeah, I, I heard nothing but great things about it. And uh, Buddy Ben's, I got tears in my eyes watching it. And, uh, uh, and I said this on this very podcast many times. I never got it. I, I And I, I didn't get why everyone was so fascinated with The Undertaker when he wrestled. So I definitely wasn't going to be watching everyone genuflect and fall over each other while he's doing his Hall of Fame speech. And it's obviously earned and well-deserved. Um, for what I understand about his Hall of Fame speech, it was very emotional. He talked for an hour and he uh, put over a lot of people and he mentioned a lot of uh, uh, folks that helped him in his career. Uh, curious who he didn't mention? Mick Foley. Yeah, you know what? It didn't even occur to me until the next next day when somebody mentioned it. I was like, oh, that's weird. And I haven't I, seen Mick say anything. No, so I don't know if it, if he well, was going on. Mark. <laughs> and uh, it was very emotional. And uh, he, he went through a lot of his, you know, he talked for an hour and he went through a, a lot of names. And I don't know, just because he did so many people that he wanted to thank, he just... It was an omit. It was a mistake. I mean, or he mount stood there on stage the two nights in a row for twenty minutes. Somebody could have handed the mic. Go. Oh, also thank you, Mick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, or I, but I don't know. If, uh, I hadn't heard of there being any beef between those two, those guys. I mean, when when uh, Mick was on the Stone Cold, he talked glowingly about the Undertaker, and Undertaker did the same thing when he was on the Stone Cold podcast. So I, I could, I hope that it was just a a a, um, a brain fart on his end. Personal feelings again aside for the guy, that had to be an oversight. Yes, that had to be just caught in the moment. Like, ah, oh, shit, I forgot to mention Mick, yeah. and he calls I'm, him. I'm yeah. sorry, brother. You know, right. Because he, he mentioned all, he mentioned Michaels, he mentioned Triple H, and yes, you have to now mention Triple H and about everything. Um, uh, but he didn't mention he, he didn't mention um, Foley, which is weird, and he didn't mention Dutch Mantel either. And I didn't expect him to mention non WWE guys because he didn't mention Jim Cornette, he didn't mention Dutch Mantel, who 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 said, "Hey, both of them sent them on there." Yeah, kind of on their trajectory. Yeah, Cornette's the one to put him on national TV. Yeah, because uh, he was a booker, and it was Dutch Mantel that said, "Hey, want to use this guy?" Because Sid, this is when the skyscrapers when Sid uh, got hurt. This is before he flaked off. He actually got hurt, and uh, right they were right in the middle of their push. And he said, "Well, Dutch calls Jimmy." He said, "I got a seven foot guy here in Tennessee." He said, "Can he work?" And he said, "Yep." Bring him up. Here he was, and that was a, the first time on national television was on WCW. Thing, and Jim Cornette booked him. So, um, but I, yeah, I'm not going to go over the people he didn't thank again because I didn't hear the speech. I, I I don't get the whole Undertaker thing. Obviously, he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest character the WWE's ever created, um, and he's he's a good guy he tells a great story he's a good guy he loves the business and obviously the other wrestlers love him i just did i just don't get it i never got it i'm not it's not for me to get he, he didn't do it for me i again i wouldn't pay a dime to see him uh the entrance is great and it's everything after that is just downhill for me um but 
congratulations to, to him. One thing I never did, now while everyone knew that Undertaker was going to go in the Hall of Fame, we just questioned when, because speaking of hanging on too long, but one thing I never did think I would see in my lifetime would be the Steiner brothers going into the Hall of Fame. Now, if anyone deserves to be in any Hall of Fame, it's, it's these guys. Amateur but, and otherwise. Yeah. Um, seeing those guys there was something I didn't think I'd see. Him, but I was so... and, and it wasn't as off the rails as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and two ni- three nights later, some guy that we think is related to Ricky... Uh, when's the dynasty title? I, I wouldn't know. I, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it, that have been a great time to say, oh, by the way, um, either call it, this is, um, Rick, this is the son of Rick Steiner, Rex Steiner, and he, or even him, he could have said, I breathed Braun Breaker because I didn't want to cash in on my family's name. I wanted to make it on my own. And now that I have, I'm a Steiner. Yeah, I'm a Steiner. You couldn't guess by the suplexes and the uh, clotheslines. Yeah. Or the, or, or, <laughs> or, the or the way I look or what I read. Yeah, or where? The entire and even how I sound. Um, yeah. <laughs> he sounds just like him, too. I'm it's so creepy. It's like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, but we're all idiots now. We have to call him Braun Breaker. What the hell? No, the Braun Breaker thing is very insulting to people's intelligence. We know who he is. Stop it. But that was WrestleMania weekend, man. Yeah. All uh, in all. It was a good three days, I thought. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. A lot better than it uh, came off. Um, it's still a lot of questionable matches or why they had to be. I didn't still don't understand why there needed to be an Edge and AJ match at all. Um, but, I like uh, the new New Brood, too. Yeah. If you bring back the Brood music, I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if you just did that, it would be like, oh. And I'm I'm all the way in. But if you're doing the edge of stuff and, you know, Damien Priest and who should have been wrestling instead of just appearing out of nowhere. Correct. And once again, remember when the Intercontinental Championship on WrestleMania was one of your main events? Oh, the good old days. Do we even know who the Intercontinental Champion is? And Shinsuke, isn't it? It's Ricochet. Is it Ricochet? Yeah, okay. Well, I guess you just proved the point, didn't you? Yeah, or the United States Championship, not even defended at WrestleMania. I don't know. Hey, celebrity matches, baby. You got to get them jackasses. That's why I'm, that's what pissed me off, Dan. And the other thing that what pissed me off about the Hall of Fame is, and I know we talked about it, but the level of the number of wrestlers that aren't in this jack-off Hall of Fame, even though it's all arbitrary. But I'm thinking of, I mean, the people they put in, I mean, Charmel's really pushing it. Uh, I mean... Like you said it, I'm not going to say it. I just said it. She's Booker's wife. But but yes. You really were bereft of... I know they have to follow the protocol. They always put in a tag team... Um, uh, someone who's dead, a woman, and someone who's alive in the Hall of Fame. That's a criteria every year. You couldn't find any other woman to put in the Hall of Fame except Charmel, who never wrestled a day in her life, and who's, again, just Booker's wife. Um, 
You couldn't have done that for Luna Vashon. You couldn't have honored her, especially with the, the, the way that her father and uncle served in the WWE. Luna, Luna should have been in years ago because it's Luna. Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier in the top of this podcast, um, why isn't Cindy Lauper in? in a well, because she didn't write her own songs, Craig. Oh no, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I know why you found the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I thought that it would be a lot easier getting the WWE Hall of Fame so they put everyone else in. <laughs> but I'm looking hey, at Rosa of- in there. Why not her? Drew Carey's in. Why not her? Um, oh God, I forgot Drew Carey. Jesus. Yeah, but who did more for wrestling than than Cindy Lauper? More so than more than Drew Carey ever did. But I'm looking Not at sure. the people that aren't in the the w, in the WWE Hall of Fame who made who did more for the WWE than anyone that's currently been involved um, in the product. Uh, I mentioned just it's why Ivan Koloff isn't in is absolutely criminal. Um, that he's not in there. Uh, but I'm also looking at King Kong Bundy, why he's not in there. Oh my God, I didn't even think of that. Angelo Mosca, who we lost uh, last year, why he's not in there. Ken Patera, why he's I'll tell not you why. It's people that nobody knows and he wants ratings. But if you. No, know, no, I, I know. Yeah. I agree. I'm just saying, I bet you that's why. But Dan Abdul, the butchers in the WWE Hall of Fame. He, never he gave people hep C. And he never set foot in the WWE ever in his career. But he got to put on a tux and make a speech. But Ken Patera can't? No one from King Kong Bundy's family could? Spiros Arion? Victor Rivera? None of these guys are in the WWE Hall of Fame. They cre- they made the, the WWF um, the second biggest company next to the NWA in the 70s. Those guys were part of Mass Square Garden sellouts. Those guys with Spiros Arion, whether he teamed with Bruno or he wrestled Bruno, main event at Mass Square Garden and all the big East Coast uh, stadiums. Ken Patera, too. Ken Patera. I mean, everywhere. I t- Kim Terry held the Intercontinental Championship and the Missouri State title, the top title in the WWF and the top secondary title in the NWA at the same time. Money-making heel everywhere he went. Adrian, I, guess, I guess what I I guess what I don't understand is is that like you were saying the criteria, you know. But like, why is it only one legend? Like Vader, I guess Vader was that spot, right? Legend. Yeah. One, or no, one. I guess Steiner's was the, the the spot, and Vader was uh, the dead guy. Yeah, Steiner's were the tag team. Vader was the but dead. Why? Guy. But why? Was- why have people do our speeches instead of saying, "Hey, Mark, shut the fuck up after a half hour. We get yeah. it. Have another legend come." I, you know, all these people that got there, and we know you and I talk about how much bullshit the Hall of Fame is anyway. But yeah. all these people like Vader. Uh, which is spelled with an O, apparently. Fox. Proofreading. You made it. You made a graphic with that. Fucking idiots. Um, you, 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 everybody talks about all these people that got in after they died. 
Mm-hmm. And here you got guys that are still around. Yeah. You got hours to kill. Let's go. Add another legend or so. That's why they're in the Hall of Fame. Not someone who retired last year. Mm-mm. Anyway, it doesn't make any sense to me either, Craig. Um, and like I said, the only thing I watched was it was Taker's speech. I didn't even watch the the lead up to it or whatever. I just watched. It's like, oh, he's out. All right, let me watch that. But I do have to go watch and uh, go back and watch Steiner. Yeah, uh, he made the mistake of letting uh, Scott go first, and so Rick actually had notes. But by the time we got to Rick's party, you know, he had no time left. So Rick can't okay. read. That's a line <laughs> from Bobby. That's a, I was stealing a line from Bobby Heenan. He ain't picked on that guy for years. It was funny. Uh, you can read. So, Craig, if you wouldn't mind reading off your social media and where we can find you and a certain announcement. Yes, reading please off do my, now. Um, yes, I, my name is Craig Lagans, uh, and you can find me on all social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Craig Lagans, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Uh, this coming weekend, Sunday afternoon, actually, at the long-awaited Fan Expo Philadelphia, formerly Wizard World, will make its triumphant return to Philadelphia for the first time in over two years. Um, celebrities galore, Kevin Smith, the cast of Clerks, William Shatner, uh, Ron Perlman, just to name a few, just added Kate Flannery from The Office. Will be in oh, what a long trip for her. <laughs> but uh, I will be doing my other podcast for the first time in two years, uh, the Return of Comic Book Gurus podcast, one uh, forty-five Sunday afternoon after Creator Stage uh, at Fan Expo Philadelphia. It will be recorded live, both video and audio. So there will be a link to it. So if you can't make it there, uh, there will be a link um, that it will be dist- distributed. Um, on WMMR.com, on my social media addresses that I just named. So you will be able to uh, hear the return of Comic Book Guru's podcast in all its glory, the way God intended with earbuds or uh, headphones. I can't wait for that. I, I'm very, I, I am very excited for that. Um, follow me. Oh, wait, I have to. My ghost trap phone. I read it. Uh, yeah. I'm on all social media platforms at Dan Lau eight. Oh, Dan Law eight three. Um, the HIC Talk Radio Network on your podcast app on your phone, any app. Type in HIC Talk Radio Network. Listen to this show, uh, the Stadium Journey Show. Nerd Nerd Herders is there. Bannock Mixtape, which we'll back finally next Saturday. All those shows, please. Subscribe, follow, tell all your friends, tell all your family, tell all your enemies. Listen to HIC Talk Radio Network. For Craig Lagans, I am the other guy. Dan Calchico, we'll see you next week with Foxy Foxy. Talk about her career, not one question about her husband. Mm-mm. Next week and the week after, 10th anniversary. Goodbye and good night. And don't forget, keep it on the paper.